0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Thank you for the wonderful voices, Lord. Thank you for such a beautiful day. Thank you for everything, Minister to us today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Ah. Amen. We got a really wonderful choir. Really wonderful choir. Let's just bless God for that. What's coming for you is better than what has been in the name of Jesus. Say, I believe that, I receive it. Amen. Today we are going to talk about military training. Military training. So we start by removing the ambiguities. What's the meaning of military? <laughs> Amen. I remember... When I was very young, I used to see a sign. Military zone. Keep off. Now, I didn't know what military meant. So I just took it that military must mean dangerous. Therefore... You better keep off. So, in case there's somebody like that, military means having to do with the official organized fighting force of a political authority. Official organized fighting force of a political authority. What that means is that military doesn't just mean people that fight. So if you have 100 area boys gathered together, they don't constitute the military just because they fight. If you have a bunch of armed robbers, or if you see Boko Haram coming on their motorcycles with guns, that does not make them military. Okay? Military Pertains to an official organized fighting force of a political authority, of a sovereign. And training means teaching a particular skill or type of behavior. Training means teaching a particular skill or type of behavior. So, now every activity that works on you to do better in war, but that is not the real war, is training. So the focus of training is that wide. But our focus today is not how to get the victory in warfare, Okay, but how and why we are being trained. As you all know, victory is a prophetic word for this year. And we have thoroughly engaged with that word victory. Under victory, we have learned many principles. Okay, very recently. Some of these are the principle of the objective. That clarity is key. The principle of the offensive, that you should dare to go forward. The principle of the mass, concentrate your efforts. The principle of maneuver, remain flexible. The principle of security, cover your base. Principle of unity of command, only one person is in charge. There's no army that has two heads. Okay? The principle of exploitation, Follow-up, follow-through, surprise, do something unexpected. Simplicity, concerted action, and effort. Okay, but training is a precursor to victory. All the learning of the principles that we've done relating to securing victory amounts to training. There is a training by which you are trained by a trainer, a coach, and there's a, there's a training that only you can do by yourself. There's one guy that has been making the waves simply because he has not dared to challenge me in a race. Okay? And that guy's name is Hussein Bolt. If he had raced against me before, I don't think he would have remained champion. But if I want to race against Hussein Bolt, at least, even if I have all the talent in the world, even if I have the best coach in the world, even if the best coach tells me how to pose when running, how to go off the bridge, how to sprint, without doing some heavy training by myself, I would never stand a chance. Is that not true? What if I want to race against Pastor Kunle's last son? Do I need to train? Eh? (laughs) Amen? You must practice. But there is a right way And the wrong way to do this. Now how do we know that we are at war? Why should we be talking in terms of war? You know there is the parable of the wheat and the tears that Jesus said. Matthew 13, 24. Another parable put it forth unto them saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. It's very important that you as a Christian knows that God, our creator, only sowed good seed in his field. Don't hold God responsible for any bad seed, any evil seed that you find in your field. If you begin to do that, you have begun to lose your war because you are looking the wrong way for the source of the evil seed that is worrying you. God sowed only good seed in his field but while men slept his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. Okay? So An enemy has done this. So you have an enemy. Okay? The man that sold good seal did not ask for an enemy, but an enemy arose and began to walk against him. So if you refuse to fight, but you are being fought by a strong man, what outcome do you expect? Because the devil is a strong man. The devil is a strong man that was strong enough to shake the kingdom of God in heaven. Okay? If you declare that that is not so, and you think you are talking faith, you are wasting your time. Even the Bible says that he is a strong man. The Bible says that when a strong man armed Eh? is holding his house the person that will rob him himself has to be very strong so you have an enemy you cannot refuse to fight okay you are in an army you are in God's army the enemy has his own army and his army is not a walkover Is that clear? Now, secondly, God himself tells us to fight the good fight of faith. What are we looking at? We are looking at how do we know that we are at war? God himself says you should fight the good fight of faith. Then Ephesians 6.12 tells you that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So, we are wrestling against principalities and powers. Okay? Okay? If you stand in the ring and the principality and power comes and you say me I will not fight and you take your hand and put it behind your back they will come they will carry you throw you up bounce you smash you on the floor and God will be looking God will be looking because you are the one in the wedding in the in the wrestling ring you are in the ring you are in the ring of wrestling. You are in the ring of war. So you must fight. Finish. Okay? Even God Himself. Look at our friend David, 1 Samuel 17:45. David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. So you can see that the enemy was armed, sword, spear, javelin. Uh -uh. If you have a spear, why do you also need a javelin? (laughs) You understand? So the enemy was well armed, sword, spear, javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies the god of the armies of Israel whom you have defied amen god is called the lord of heaven's armies and there's a different army the army of Israel huh we have an army here the army of god's favorite house our prayer warriors when they pray the heavens shake As we are talking now They are praying in places And the heavens are shaking And then there is A lot of heavens Armies That is God himself God himself is the leader Of the army And you are one of the soldiers And you don't want us to talk About military Give me a break Give me a break Amen? So let there be no doubt about it. We are spiritually at war. But why are we at war? Why? How did this happen? Why did it happen? Because the devil rebelled and he broke the peace. Okay? Like Rambo said, he drew first blood. How many of you watch Rambo? You watch Rambo? Hey, wait, wait, wait. You watch Rambo, please. Ah, yeah. We have quite a few young people who maybe Rambo was done after their time. <laughs> Amen. So the devil drew first blood. God did not start this war but God responded. The devil thought that by war he could overthrow God and rule in place of God. Now, so that was the first step. Second step is that God chose not to obliterate the devil. Not to just wipe him out like that. But God chose to defeat him in war. Like, okay, you want war? You want war? You'll get war. And you'll be defeated. And he has been defeated... And he is being defeated. God chose to make the defeat continuous for a small season. Okay? God chose to defeat him step by step within a short while while demonstrating this defeat to the whole of humanity and to the spirit world. God said, I will make a show of you openly, I will triumph over you in war. I will use people that were made less strong than you and they will defeat you in my presence. That was the decision of God. So you are not at war just because the devil bullshitted. You are at war because God said want war? You'll get war. These ones will win you. Amen. Say I will win the devil. That's part of why you are at war. God decided that. Okay now the short while that God said which may be just a few thousand of years or a few million years they are looking very long to you aren't they? Hmm? it's because your own lifespan is very short compared to eternity the lifespan that you spend on earth is very very short that's why it's looking long to you so God is not long okay But men became part of the war because Adam failed his own test. And he fell into sin and he died spiritually. He became naked and lost his cover of glory. So one other reason why you are at war is the failure of Adam. One other reason you are at war is the failure of Adam. And if you yourself fail in some things... Your own children may be at war that could have been avoided if you yourself fail. The failure of Adam, okay, has created war for you that may not have been. The failure of certain, stu- of certain parents to raise their school fees has created war for some of their children to work and labor for themselves before they are able to pay school fees. Do you understand? The success or failure of Adam affected you. Your own success or failure will affect your own offspring also. Therefore, for the sake of your offspring, brace yourself, train well for war, fight valiantly and win. Amen? It's very important. Now, which parties are at this war? This war affects all living persons and things, natural and spiritual. We are all at war. Even the ground became cursed for man's sake. Which one can consign innocent ground there? But God had given man the dominion. You were made for dominion. let us make man in our own image and let him have dominion over, over, over. Because we are made in the image of God, we have power, we have authority, we are rulers. The cursing on the ground is as a result of thank you very much you see it's as a result of the fall of man amen so even the nature of the animals changed. they began to eat each other paradise is lost but paradise will be regained Even in the millennium, the lion and the lamb will eat together and a little child will be be leading them. The paradise that is lost will be regained. In the interregnum is war. We have no choice. We have no say. Our role is to be valiant at war. This war is spearheaded by men, by angels, by demons... And even God is at war. Listen to the victory song of Moses in Exodus 15 from verse 3. Exodus 15 from verse 3. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. (coughs) Farias chariots and his host (coughs) hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the sea. So what we are saying is this. Pharaoh thought he was simply going to make mincemeat of Israel. And he armed his soldiers and carried chariots and horses, and horses and spears, and bows and arrows. Israel didn't even have a nail among them as a weapon. Not one nail. And the man was coming and Egypt was very fetish they had so many gods and then he would have said in the name of his God and he would have um, worshipped his God and they were coming and all that who was throwing down their chariot wheels it was not Israel amen the armies of heaven are behind you the armies of heaven are engaged in your wars It is up to you in prayer to call down and draw down on the powers of the armies of heaven. Glory be to God. The Lord himself is a man of war. You are in an army in which the commander-in-chief is not just sitting down. Oh, you remember the man... uh, (laughs) you remember the man Joshua that a man came very mighty man and drew a sword and Joshua saw ah who is this and he went to him are you for us or against us who are you sir The man said, as captain of the host of the Lord, am I here? (laughs) Glory be to God. Before that time, Joshua did not recognize that the armies of heaven were there participating in that war with them. Amen. You should fight with knowledge. You should know the weapons that you have. And you should be able to use those weapons competently. That was not an angel. Joshua worshipped him. That was the pre-incarnate Christ. Oh, 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 oh. 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 Is it Micah that tells us that, uh, but thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Though thou be little among the tribes of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come out unto me. He whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I am. His goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Glory be to God. The armies of heaven are available to you. I told you one thing that amazed me, absolutely amazed me because I never had it before. I was involved in a mighty spiritual warfare. The devil was terribly oppressing somebody, and it was very bad. And as I was praying, the devils inside there were just looking at me. I'd never seen it before because they are not supposed to have that power. Amen. It should be strange to me that I'm making others and devils are not obeying. I've not seen it before. It's strange, it's abnormal. And then when that happened, I just went into the spirit and I was asking God, "What is going on here?" What is going on here? And you know what happened? Absolutely to my shock, eh? He came. You know who came? You remember? I told you this before. You don't know? You don't remember? I remember I've told you this before. Jesus came. He came and he was coming towards me. And I thought he was coming to tell me something. Okay? He was coming towards me and I still say yes. And to my utmost shock, instead of saying something to me, he entered into me. He entered into me and I felt like running away. Eh? I beg you. Ah. What's going on here? And I became God. You think that's blasphemy? Go and ask him. He said, as the Father and himself are one, so are we one with him and in him. All of us are one. Amen. Jesus paid for that. He didn't come cheap. He paid full price. Who am I not to benefit from that? Come on. Give me a break. Give me a break. Hmm. He entered into me, and I became all-powerful, and I began to know all things. And as I began to know all things, I began to see all the roots behind the problem. And I went to different places and dealt with the powers behind it, with authority. After dealing with one, I was still feeling very uncomfortable, like, oh God, how could you enter me I don't understand. Let me go, and I try to run out. How can I run out of myself now? <laughs> He's the one that came in. Is it not the one supposed to go out? <laughs> so, because I was so un- I was half uncomfortable, half afraid, half perplexed. But that was the me part. The him part, he was at home, and he had all power and anything he said before he finished it, it was done so because the first level I thought that was all okay, and I wanted to run out, and he held me back into myself, and then went to another place entirely I won't have time to go into details and all the spiritual powers behind it he damaged and broke all of them, pata then when he finished he now left by himself Ah, and I was relieved that he left. <laughs> I'm now a human being again. <laughs> I beg you. <laughs> and then I, not him, I, not him, now dealt with the powers oppressing that girl. And before I finished speaking, they were what? Gone. And the girl was perfectly what? Healed. He is part of the battle. He's not sitting at home while you are fighting. I didn't call him. I didn't realize he was there in person. All I did was ask a question. But I asked the question with confidence, utmost confidence. Because I knew what he had given us, the authority invested in us. So, because I saw that authority being flaunted, I simply asked, Lord, what on earth is going on here? I'm making commands in your name, and devils and fallen angels are looking at me as if I'd be cinema, waiting to happen. Do you understand? Amen. I asked in faith. I asked in full knowledge of our position. Amen? Then I learned that the Lord of heaven's armies was there all along. (laughs) All along. Just like Joshua discovered. The fact that Joshua was not seeing him did not mean he was not there. Amen. Okay? It just pleased God to open Joshua's eyes. Then Joshua saw him. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Glory be to God. So when Pharaoh's chariots and his horse were cast into the sea, and the chosen captains were being drowned, It was not the arm of flesh that was doing that war. It was not. (laughs) Amen. Now, I will show you a case of final training exhortation before a major battle. Hmm? And uh, our example here is Jesus himself. Look at Matthew 17, verses 1 to 3. And after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them into a high mountain. Hmm? Okay? And he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah. Doing what? They were talking with Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. Jesus was here on earth. Jesus was doing his own warfare. But then, Moses, that died over 2,000 years before him, and Elijah perhaps about 800 to 1,000 years before him, appeared to him and they were talking to him. Why were they talking to him? Why? What were they talking about? What was the significance of this? Why was he transfigured before them? He was transfigured before them to train them. Jesus did not carry all the 12 disciples. Because in this matter, there are levels. Amen? Say what? Say there are levels. Say there are levels. Peter, James, and John were a higher level. (laughs) Then the rest of them were a different lower level. (laughs) Then there was Judas. (laughs) who was at the... (laughs) underground level. (laughs) But there were 12 of them. They were all what? Disciples. Hmm? And then there were people that believed in him who were not living with him as his disciples. You understand? Hmm? Yeah? One of the people that knew him most was his mother who did not let familiarity make her lose sight of who she was dealing with. You understand? Ever before he performed the very first miracle, the mother knew that here is God. Here is the Son of God. Whatever he wants to do, he has the power. He had never done a miracle before, but the woman said, whatever he says to you, do it. Come on. You know, that woman knew him. And you should know him like that. You should know him like that. Know him well. Jesus was soon to face the cross. He was training us that we are not alone in the battle. God will provide every resource and support that we need, no matter how tough it appears to be. Was Jesus going to drink this cup? Would he lay down in life? Will he lay down his life in the most bitter way? Would he, unlike Moses and Elijah, complete his race and finish his assignment? So, the association of saints of God who did not complete their assignment were dispatched to go and uh, speak to Jesus. Oh, son of God, please don't be like us. You know... (laughs) You know, we didn't finish our job. We know how you are feeling is very tough, you know. And they encouraged him. That is training. Amen. Amen. God will use others to train you. God will use unexpected people to train you. Be teachable. Say I. I, I. I. will be teachable. Amen? Was this really a training? Was the transfiguration really a training? Let's look at Hebrews 5, verse 8. It tells us that though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. I find it difficult to to, to, uh, assimilate this scripture. That the Son of God learned obedience? Not just learned obedience, but learned obedience by the things which he suffered? How? How? So let's take a bigger look at that one. We now look from New Living Translation. Hebrews 5 from verses 6 to 10. Verse 6. And in another passage, God said to him, That is to Jesus. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. God was promoting Jesus in the line of his ministry from one level to a higher level. May God promote you. May God promote you. You will not remain on this level. You will end your promotion. God's promotion is not by favoritism; it's by attainment. Amen. Some people like to boast how long they've been in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm. Me, mm. three hundred years. I've been born again. Mm-hmm. Mm. When were you born again, sir? Mm-hmm. Ah, hold <laughs> y'all. I'm not going to translate that. You know, that's unfair. fair. That, that's a prayer that uh, may God not let us be big for nothing. It's not how many years you have been in Christ. It's how well you know God. It's how closely you work with God. A person can be born again last week. Hmm? And he is known in heaven more than you that have been born again 50 years. That's the way it works. Remember the Apostle Paul? He did not even work with Jesus in his lifetime. The Apostle Paul did more than the disciples that Jesus taught from day one. Do you understand? So, stop making gragra here. Amen. Verse mm. 7. While Jesus was here on earth... He offered prayers and pleadings. I want you to picture this very well. I don't want you to just hear. He offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God had his prayers because of his deep, reverence for God even though Jesus was God's son he learned obedience from the things he suffered in this way God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Now, this is a wonder. Jesus learned. God learned. The Son of God learned. Jesus prayed to be rescued from death he did and God heard that prayer what is going on here did God rescue Jesus from death I want an answer did God rescue Jesus from death did God rescue Jesus from death Jesus did not die did God rescue him from death? Yes. <laughs> Amen. You know, Jesus knew why he came. But when things were getting tough, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Hmm? Then maybe he remember the transfiguration of Moses and Elijah. Ah, uh, Oga, uh, you should finish your orders, please, I beg you. Mm-hmm. For the sake of all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oga, I beg you. Huh? Jesus wished and prayed to be rescued from physical death. God did not rescue him from physical death. Because he died and he went into hell. Eh? And he took all authority and all power. That the Son of God will be all in all. He conquered here, he conquered there, and then he sat and rested in heaven. The graves could not hold him. See, there are two deaths that God rescued him from. God did not rescue him from natural death. Number one death, God rescued him from spiritual death. And that's the most important death. That is the death that God was talking about when he said to Adam, if you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. When he ate it, did he die? When he ate the fruit, did he die? Did he die? You see, when he ate the fruit He did not die physically But he died spiritually Do you understand? There is something that you will do That you will die spiritually And every person here Who is born again Can still die spiritually one of my first mentors is still alive naturally, but he has died spiritually, according to Hebrews 6. Eh? I did not know until I was praying and fasting for him, and God came to him and said, stop it. I said, why? He said, go and read Hebrews 6, and then come and discuss with me. When I read Hebrews 6, I said, no. Please, don't tell me it's a Hebrews 6 matter. He said, I should analyze Hebrews 6 and show him whether he is not a Hebrews 6 affair. There is a sin unto death. And I did not say you should pray against such. There is a sin unto death. As you are sitting here, you are born again. You can reach here while you are still here on earth. Because you will never be able to come back to Christ again. Go and read Hebrews 6. There are certain things that you do that God will never forgive you. I didn't say that. Go and read Hebrews 6. Jesus was son of man. As son of man, it was possible for him to die spiritually. There is something that you can do that will kill you spiritually. You hear me? Keep off. Read Hebrews 6 separately. It's not our subject today. But it was possible for Jesus to die spiritually. My guess is that If he had failed to obey unto death, he would have died spiritually. And God saved him from that death. The second death God saved him from is that God pulled him up from the grave. And he was resurrected. Okay? He said, I will destroy this temple and raise it up again in three days. Amen. He said, no man taketh my life away from me of my own self. I lay it down and I will what? I will what? Excuse me. I will what? I hope it's not the Quran we read. (laughs) I'm waiting for the answer. Jesus said, no man taketh my life away from me of my own self. I lay it down and I will... Thank you. I will take it up again. That is the second rescue from death that God did for him. Amen. So, God rescued him from death, but those whose spiritual eyes are not open would not know that God rescued him from death because they saw him die. Amen. God will rescue you from death. Even if those who are blind spiritually don't know, God will rescue you from death. But you'd better know that as you are in the flesh now and you are born again, you can still die again. Make sure it does not happen. Amen? Amen. Am I a bad man? (laughs) Eh? Are you annoyed with me? I didn't write this thing, no. I didn't say it, no. I'm reading the Bible, no. I hope you read it from your Bible. Amen. So, if Jesus learned obedience, so must you. So must I. Okay? You see, this major war that Jesus fought, eh? it informed a major personal war for Abraham over 2,000 years before that. Genesis 22, from verse 15 to 18. The angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, said the Lord, for because you have done this thing and you have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you, in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham was actually only being tested. An exam is normal before promotion and certification. Jesus was not elevated to the priest after the order of Melchizedek until he had prevailed in prayer. Until he had prevailed in prayer and was fully ready to lay down his life. And he was obedient unto the death. He earned it. He earned his name which is above every name. So that at the name of that Jesus... Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He earned it. You will earn your own upliftment. You will earn your own promotion. Amen. You will prevail in war. Amen. Your hands will be strong. Amen. You will be victorious. Amen. You will be valiant in battle. Amen. You will not be weak. You will be strong. Amen. Amen. You see, God is going to test you. When God is testing you, He doesn't need the devil. Look at the test of Abraham, Genesis 22. Okay? Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. God tested Abraham's faith. God tested Jesus' faith. And you think God will not test your own faith? The just shall live by faith. Amen. Abraham! Abraham said, Shah! You know that if he was a Nigerian, that's how he would answer now. Shah! Say, here I am. Take your son, your only son, whom you love so much. Go ahead and sacrifice him for me. Okay, this test was a training for all saints for all time, of utmost faith and blind trust in the faithfulness of God. Okay, every training session involves a simulation of the real war. Is that clear? Eh? When those athletes are training, eh, they run the races as if their life depends on it, and they look at their time. Because they're going to compete. Amen? So God is going to train you like that. He's going to test your faith. He's going to build your faith, so that when the devil comes for you, he will not meet his suegbe. Do you know suegbe? you know suegbe? Mumu? You know mumu? You know, Mumu? God doesn't want you to be like that. God wants you to be... Amen? Why is training required? War requires skills, knowledge, power, efficiency. This must be acquired and must be improved upon. You must be superior to your enemy. So, you must be trained and you are being trained and you must train yourself and you must not despise the training. Don't despise it. Don't reject it. Don't demonize it. Don't wish against it. And who is the trainer? The first trainer is God. The second trainer is the church. We, the church, are trainers. Of course, you will assume that we are only trainees, but you are wrong. We ourselves are trainers. Open Ephesians 3 verse 10. Ephesians 3:10 says that to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Now if that is very King Jamesy for you, let's go to modern English New Living Translation. It says God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We ourselves are trainers. We are training the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We are training them and we will judge them. Don't look down on us. Amen. Don't look down on us. Jesus paid a high price to lift us up. And we are seated with him in heavenly places, far above every principality and power. If you don't know it, you will not prosper in it. So sit down and know it. We are not ordinary, we are super ordinary, we are extraordinary. By his grace through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But whether by grace or by works, eh, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Far above every principality and power. Don't let the devil point to the little mistakes that you have made and convince you that that's not true. Because... You are made righteous. By the blood, by the blood, by the blood. It's been shed. It can't waste. It won't waste. It will avail for you. Come on. Come on. So who are the soldiers? The church are soldiers. Angels and spirits are soldiers. They don't choose their own war. Their commander-in-chief does. So we'll close by looking at some ways in which God trains us. One, he trains us by delay. You see, Moses didn't understand why his let my people go wasn't getting results. It was God that sent him and he knew that God was all-powerful and he said to Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go. And Pharaoh said, "Oh, these people are idol. (laughs) Multiply their work, kill them more, brutalize them, and things got far tougher for them." Has that happened to you before? Has it happened to you before? Amen. Exodus five twenty three. For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, O Lord, he has done evil only to these people, neither has thou delivered thy people at all. That's Moses speaking to God. And if you want to hear it in NLT, ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to these people, and you have done nothing to rescue them. Ah, God delayed that deliverance to train Israel, to train Pharaoh, to train the gods of Egypt that because I have allowed you to live for so long, it's not because if I chose, I couldn't have just broken your head and scattered your skull. Also. I just choose to look, and the day that I will visit, I will visit. It was a training. Another way, God wants us... A, you know, if you remember, at the time when God was sending Moses, God told him that I will harden his heart and I will not, that he will not let the people go. So that I may judge him and all the gods of Egypt. And Moses was still saying that. What if God had not told him anything in advance? He would have been totally confused. Okay? He would begin to doubt... His own um, authority and his own mission. Like our dear friend, the man that no man born of woman was greater than him. What went he into the wilderness for to the sea? Eh? A reed shaking with the wind, but went what he out to sea? A man clothed in soft raiment? No. They that are gorgeously apparelled live in king's. Uh, houses, but once you out to see, eh? Said what that person was a prophet, eh? And no man born of woman is greater than him. When John the Baptist saw Wayne in prison, hmm? He now sent his disciples, please go and meet Jesus. Are you the one, or do we wait for another? May you not, John the Baptist, is like that. is the person that God sent to declare who the Christ was. The ultimate of his mission was to say behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world because that man was the lightning before the thunder. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Eh? Oh God. You know that scripture now. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled. And every mountain and hill shall be brought low. That same John the Baptist. You will not fail in the day of battle. Your faith will not shake in the day of battle. Amen. Amen. I will close with Hebrews 3 from verse 7. Could I ask CMM to get that and show it, please? Hebrews 3 from verse 7. I'll be reading from New Living Translation. It says, Do not be like the rebels in the wilderness. Verse 7. That is why the Holy Spirit says, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. As Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. In my anger, I, God, took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Many people here today have heard his voice. Not my voice. My voice is too tiny. But many here have heard his voice. The voice of God. The voice of God. If you have heard his voice today and you want to camp with him as your God. You want to make your peace with God. You want to turn your life over to Christ as your savior so that you may inherit eternal life through him. Or you want to return your life to Christ. Return your life to Christ because you took it away which you know you ought not to have done. And you do not want to be part of those That God will swear, this person will not enter into my rest. Please just signify by lifting up your hand. Just lift up your hand there. Lift up your hand where you are. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to return to base. You want to put your foot back where it ought to be. Please raise up your hand. Raise up your hand where you are. Raise up your hand. You want to return your life to Christ. You took it away as you know you ought not to have done. You don't want to be among those that left Egypt, but yet God swear they will not enter into their rest. Please lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Amen. Let's all rise up. Let's all rise up to pray. And those with us on the online church, get in touch with you according to what you see written there. Write it down. Send us an email. Get in touch with us. Amen. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift you up. We rejoice in the salvation of Jesus. We thank you for your grace and mercy upon us. Lord, pull your children up and make them strong. Lord, train them. Teach them to train themselves also. Let your word prosper in their lives let your spirit minister to them thank you lord in the name of jesus amen and amen